You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Kathker with me today, and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. It is a very special show, a very special episode of the same old Dolphin Show today, Brain. You know why? Why is that? Because we have we have the the engineer, the pilot. The captain of the Chris Greer train is on the show today. You know him as the co-host of Go Time Dolphins. You also know him as a music mogul. You also know him as the guy who's stalking Miami Dolphin players all around South Florida. He is our good friend, Charlie Touche. Charlie, how are you? Hey, listen. (laughs) Root for the Dolphins. The mighty mighty dolphin. Listen, man, I was jamming. You ever been put on hold and they come pick up the phone? Oh, sorry, we had you on a hold, extended hold. Like, no, nah, can you can you just put me on hold one more time? I was trying to <laughs> Shazam that song. I was trying to figure out what song that was, but yeah, that's not a bad hold to be put on, man. How you guys doing? Good, 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 good. We are super glad to have you on the on the show. It's been a long time. Uh we, we we've been on your show, um, and, and we had your co-host on the show once before and so now we're fi- we're glad to finally have you on the show so that we can we can talk to you and you know at the time that we were scheduling this we're like oh we're not gonna have might not have a whole lot to talk about it might be just heading towards the draft but uh, you know the miami dolphins they never let us down and they've made a couple moves they had a little free agent visit so we got some we got some things to talk about uh on this episode of the same old dolphin show but before we go any further quick first a reminder to make sure that you are following us on Twitter at same old dolphins is the show. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. Charlie is at Charlie Touche. You can follow him as well. Make sure you're also following Dolphins Talk. Make sure that you go to YouTube, the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel, like this video, subscribe to the channel, and turn on notifications so you know every time we go live. If you're listening after the fact, thank you very much in podcast form. Make sure to download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that you get your podcasts. We truly, sincerely appreciate everybody who has done that already and who is about to do that when they hear this message. And of course, as a reminder, make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It's your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins all through the offseason. We're heading to the towards the draft. It might not be the most exciting draft in the world because of all the things that the Miami Dolphins have done leading up to it, but we're still going to have some draft coverage. All kinds of columns keep going up on the website, so make sure you're checking it out every single day. And just a, as a reminder, just as a as a as a little um as a bonus perk of watching the live stream, you get in that YouTube chat, you know, because everybody knows the YouTube chat is where it is at. I mean, it's already popping tonight. We got everybody joining us in there in the chat. So uh, make sure you turn on those notifications on the YouTube channel. All right, so uh, let's just get right into it. First off, we got to talk about. We're gonna kick off the show with some punter talk because the Dolph Michael Pilardi is no more. I mean, he's not dead. He's just not a dolphin anymore, right? And now the Dolphins went out and got Thomas Morstead, 36-year-old Thomas Morstead. He's been in the league a long time. He's a former second-team All-Pro, former Pro Bowler, and the Dolphins are bringing him in. And this is a guy who a lot of people think, ah, punting, not important. What are you going to talk about punting? But, you know, to have a guy that can be trusted and relied upon, to turn the field over and to and and to 
play that field position game, especially when you got a team like the Dolphins that are going to be trying to run the ball quite a bit. Field position is going to be very important. So the Dolphins went out and they got a punter, probably the best punter that they've had in a long time. I mean, you look at the stats on Thomas Moorhead. I, can you think of many punters that the Dolphins have had throughout their history that are better than Thomas Morstead? I'll go over to you, Charlie. Let's start it off with some punter talk. Who's is is Thomas Morstead the best punter the Dolphins have ever had? Best punter? Let's go into the the memory bank early. I, I know this much. I didn't even remember Pilardi's name on my last <laughs> episode of Go. To, we were on shout out to Kadeem Simmons. Uh, we couldn't even remember his name. We 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 knew Matt Hawk was a a, a Hawk was a thing. Little did we know that was two years ago, but we knew we needed punter help. So I'm not sure. I can't give I guess we we invoked the name Reggie Roby on our last podcast episode. So if if, if Morstead isn't the best, I was fairly young when we had Reggie Roby. So I don't know how good he was or where he was in his career. But I, I thought I remember Reggie Roby being pretty good. No. No, you're you're right, Reggie. I mean, we got people in the chat shouting out Reggie Roby right now. Brain, what are your thoughts, Reggie Roby? I don't know. I I wanted to go with Matt Turk because I just envisioned Matt Turk with the sleeves rolled up, and I always thought that was just like getting a, getting a punter with the sleeves rolled up, showing off the guns. <laughs> I just appreciate that. Well, I mean, Reggie Roby had the wristwatch though. The, yeah, I mean, you come go, on now. This, I mean, you know. Both style over substance. I don't know that either of them were any good. Uh, I don't know. Matt Hawk had some good years. Didn't we have a punter here uh, when Saban was here? That was pretty good. Is that the Brandon Fields era? Yeah, Brandon Fields. Yeah. Back in the days where, where you actually used to say, well, look, the Dolphins are so boring. Literally, the best thing they have going for them is their punter. Well, you know, here's the thing. We got it. We upgraded at punter, and he's still not going to be the best thing on the team. So that's that's pretty exciting as well. But that's not the only news, of course. I mean, it's great that the Dolphins have a, a punter locked up in Thomas Morstead and that we don't have to rely on Michael Pilardi, which I think we can all agree he was uh, underwhelming, to say the least, in 2021. But the Dolphins received a visit on Tuesday from free agent defensive end Melvin Ingram. Now, Melvin Ingram, and I got a, I have a tweet that I want to I want to read out. This is from PFF underscore Ryan Smith. He said Melgram Ingram generated 51 pressures on 460 pass rushing snaps last year, or one every nine snaps. Now, this is in response, I should mention, from a tweet from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, who said that he had who his his quote was. Uh, veteran defensive end Melvin Ingram who's visiting Dolphins today as NFL Network noted had two sacks two two sacks in 15 games and seven starts for Kansas City in Pittsburgh last season had no sacks in seven games for the Chargers in 2020 two years removed from last good season seven sacks 48 tackles for the Chargers in 2019 now so in response Ryan Smith says Melvin Ingram generated 51 pressures on 460 pass rushing snaps last year or one in every nine snaps, whereas Emmanuel Ogba led the Dolphins with 61 pressures in 524 pass rushing snaps or one in every 8.6 snaps. So when you look at it that way, it's not quite as big of a drop off. And I think if you're talking about the Dolphins looking at Melvin Ingram, we're talking about a guy that the Dolphins are looking at bringing in as a rotational defensive end, as a backup on the back end side. We're not looking at a guy who's going to start for this team. He's, he's a little bit past that. So I think as a depth piece, I think the Dolphins could certainly do worse. But Charlie, what do you think? Would you be in favor of the Dolphins? Obviously, if the numbers are right, would you be in favor of the Dolphins bringing a, bringing a guy like Melvin Ingram in to this team? 100%. Melvin Ingram was working out with, I believe, Xavier Howard last year. It was either Xavier Howard or something. He was working out with one of the, the starting Dolphins, and um, it was believed that he may have been coming to the Dolphins last season before he got picked up in Kansas City. So Melvin Ingram, as a rotational piece, you cannot have enough linemen. You have – I mean, I remember, in, you know, in college, it's like a, a 
it's, a, it's almost like a line change in hockey. You just change the line, right? So you got to have depth on the O-line, got to have depth on the D-line, and you can never have enough DBs. So if we're talking about adding more O-line, adding more D-line, adding more DBs, I'm all for it. So, and he's quality, bro. Like, it's not like he's, he's washed. He's not the same Melvin, but he's not washed. Well, and to say that he had two sacks in 15 games, he actually had two sacks in his last three games, and his best game of the season came in the divisional round mm-hmm. of the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, you're talking about a veteran who, you know, was well-rested and came in, came up big down the stretch for the Kansas City Chiefs. Brain, what, how are you feeling about the possibility of Malcolm Ingram? Melvin I mean, Ingram. It, it, it depends on the contract, like it does with most players. Uh, look, if, if you're bringing in Melvin Ingram on a one-year prove-it deal, you've got some cap space for this year. You don't have a lot of flexibility for next year. I'm all for it. You got the cap space. You got to use it. So, so use it. Um, but if you get into a bidding war and you need to throw a second year of guaranteed money, that's going to end up, you know, causing you to, you know, not be able to re-sign Gasicki if Gasicki has a breakout year, or not being able to uh, extend Christian Wilkins, or, or pick any player that you want that the Dolphins have to make a decision on next year. Um, then I don't know that it's worth it because you're adding just that a rotational defensive piece that said for this year, I'm all for it because like Charlie said, you can never have enough pass rushers and the dolphins have two really good ones, but what happens if one of them gets hurt? I mean, yeah. What happens if both of them get hurt? I mean, injuries are going to happen. You're going to need another guy to step up. Plus, it just makes you that much more dangerous and it makes you it gives you that much more versatility with the things that you can do on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, it, it makes you less reliant on Christian Wilkins having to play uh, on the outside of the line and he could just focus on the inside of the line where he's where he's much, much better, uh, where you, you've got that three-man rotation inside with him and Davis and Sealer. I think you could use one more D-tackle, and then you're looking at a, at a front, uh, you know, a defensive front that is, art, you know, is right up there with the best in the league if you get another pass rusher. But I also don't want to blow it up like, like Melvin Ingram is, you know, like adding a Pro Bowl talent. But – you know, I, I think of Melvin Ingram the way I think about Cameron Wake at the end of Cameron Wake's career. You know, Cameron Wake at the end of his career was not a Pro Bowl player. He would take a lot of downs off. But when he got into certain situations where the team was ahead, it was third down, and and he knew that he could just pin his ears back and go after the quarterback, he knew how to make the big play to close the door. And that's what you'd be getting with Melvin Ingram. You'd be getting a veteran guy who can come up in those big moments. You don't have to wear him out playing a whole bunch of, you know, reps on first and second down. You could bring him in on those third down packages, those off those obvious passing downs. I mean, think about uh like like what the Giants used to do when they had you know, Justin Tuck and O.C. Omenyora and, and Michael Strahan and, and Pierre Paul, and they had that NASCAR defensive front that drove that, – that was the only way to beat the Patriots. You know, how do you beat good quarterbacks? We're going to play a lot of good quarterbacks if we're going to come out of the, a, the AFC. Well, you got to put pressure on them. So you got you got to have guys that can get after the quarterback. So like, like Charlie said, again, you can't have enough of them. So I'm all for it. You just – you know, you got to be careful as far as like if it's a one year prove it deal. I'm I'm all for it. You know, yeah, it, I, it's, it's my, my fault, uh, Josh. It's no, funny ahead, that you, oh, you, you brought up uh, Cam because I was going to bring him up, and I I believe Melvin Ingram is in a better place right now than what Cam Wake was at at the tail end of his career. Shout out to William Hayes, by the way, because when we had William Hayes, Hayes would come in on the rundowns first and second now, and Cam Wake would come in third down and passing down situations. And he was still – he was not – Miami hold on to their to their stars too long. Like, you know, we held on to Wade a little bit too long for the Heat, and I think we held on to Wake a little bit too long for Miami. But, you know, they're beloved to the city. But I think Melvin Ingram is in a better place now than what Cam Wake was 
at the tail end of his career. So when you have, like you said, that NASCAR package with the, everybody, you have a, a D line, bro, with our DBs. It changes the narrative now. It is like, listen, if you could get, no one can route you up. You don't have enough time to run the routes you need to run on our DBs if, you, if your D-line is performing. So to add that to the D-line, I'm all for it. And again, I, I think it is it's, it's going to be a one-year deal. It's not going to be anything longer than that. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, and I'm glad that we got a question in, in the chat, again, on YouTube from Wes. He says, bigger need, more D-line versatility, or a linebacker? Um, and, and the way that I would respond to that question, and we'll get your, your guys' thoughts on this too, but the way that I would respond to that question is, I don't think it's a mutually exclusive thing. I, I mean, I think the Dolphins need depth in a lot of places on this team. I think on the front line, you're looking at the starters that this team is putting out, those, those top 11 guys that the Dolphins are putting out on defense, and you feel real good about that. But you get past that top 11, and then it starts to get a little bit shakier. So, yes, I agree. I'm 100% on board and in agreement that the Dolphins need another inside linebacker. Hello, signed Joe Schubert. Um, but, uh, you know, when you have an opportunity to sign a, a, a piece like, like Melvin Ingram is, I feel like if you can get a deal and the money is right, you go for that. And it's not going to stop you from deepening the team at linebacker. I don't know if you've got thoughts on that. But yeah, well, to answer the question, I mean, because you know, yeah, you you can you can circle around it and say, well, yeah, like we could we could get both. But what if you can't get both? What if you had to get one? I'm thinking the D line every day, every day of the week. I'm getting the guys that's going after the court. Do we need a linebacker? Yeah, but you can piece together a second linebacker to put next to Jerome Baker, whether it's Van Ginkle or Roberts or Scarlett or whoever. I'm not thrilled with those guys, and obviously we want an upgrade. But, I mean, are you are you getting a middle-of-the-road linebacker or a guy that can help you put pressure on the opposing quarterback? I guarantee you that if uh, – that. Uh, opposing quarterbacks would rather the Dolphins spend money on a middle linebacker than they would on on them getting a, a pass rusher. Here's here's the thing. This is why it's D line every time. Because if you have a list of most important position on a football team to least important position on a football team, excluding special teams, all those you need all three phases. Uh, linebacker is going to be at the bottom, and it's it's not a knock. It's just you need you need a quarterback, you need O-line, you need D-line, you need DBs. And if you just go through the list, linebacker is always going to be at the bottom. But that doesn't mean we don't need linebackers. But to answer the question, the reason why it's D-line is because our offense is in a position now where they should put up a lot of points in a game. So with the game, with football being a passing league now, base defenses are no longer like the 3-4 or four three base defense no more. You come out playing nickel at the beginning of the game. Your you, your nickel DB is already on on the field, so that means you have less linebackers anyway. So now you need D line. If you're up 14, 17, or you have thirty points in the game, no team is going to be able to run the ball on you no more. And you're worried about linebackers stopping the run because you're already going to be up with the with the the burners we have on our offense. So yeah, we need linebackers. But I doubt a team is going to try to run us to death. We're the team that's going to try to run teams to death. You know what I'm saying? So I, I doubt someone's going to line up and say, hey, let's try to get 200 yards rushing on this team. Yeah, so I, uh, the, the, the prospect of Melvin Ingram, I think, is a good one. How realistic is it that the Dolphins are looking to actually sign him? I don't know. Like a couple people have mentioned in the chat, and as you mentioned, uh, he's been down here before. The Dolphins have kicked the tires on Melvin Ingram before, and for one reason or another, haven't signed him. But, of course, we have a different head coach now than what we had in the past. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But either before way. Before you move on, Josh. Before yeah, you go move ahead. on. You know the last person we kicked the tires on and didn't get? What's Josh, that? Uh, Mike McDaniel. Uh-huh. Mike McDaniel came. Well, we, he didn't come to the visit. We, we Oh, we wanted to come in. We got to check him out, see what happens. And we didn't get the chance to kick the tires on him. And then next thing you know, our next opportunity, we brought him. Now he's our head coach. So we kicked the tires on, on Melvin Ingram before. Didn't get them. I think they make it happen this time. 
We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I would expect if if the Dolphins are going to make that signing, that's a signing that will probably, who knows, maybe by the time some people are listening to this, listening to this podcast after the fact, the Dolphins will have made the signing. We'll find out. Uh, it's an exciting time anyway. And that kind of leads me to the other thing that I, I want to talk about. And this is a little bit, it's less of a news item, but it's kind of, listen, the vibe around the Miami Dolphins right now is very positive, right? And now this happens, this happens a lot of the time, you know, there's a new head coach, new regime. So everybody's excited, right? Everybody's, everybody's feeling good. But the one thing is the last couple times that the Dolphins have brought in a new regime, whether it was Adam Gase and then Brian Flores, there was an entire conversation around the team about this idea of uh, culture change. We're changing the culture. We're building a new culture and blah, 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 blah. So far, I'm not hearing a whole lot of talk about we're here to change a culture. We're here to change a culture. I just hear a lot of people. Sounds like they're just having a good time. And I know it's early, right? And and we've been through this. You know, all three of us have been around this team long enough to know that, yeah, vibes, vibes are good for a little while, but vibes don't win anything, you know, and vibes change real fast. Um, but it's it's feeling really good right now. I mean, yeah, Mike McDaniel out there at Tua's Luau, hanging out, you know, making all kinds of uh, making sounds Ugh. up there. Ugh. Mike McDaniel getting into it. Ugh. Mike McDaniel, and it's a character, right? He's, he's a character, which right? He's an eccentric guy. You know, I, I swear he is Nick. I, you never see Mike McDaniel and Nick Kroll in the same place. I'm saying, <laughs> but. I don't know. It just feels like the vibe around this team is different right now. So, Charlie, this is a new segment that we're starting here on the show. It is time for a Miami Dolphins pulse check. It's time for a pulse check. We're going to check your pulse right now, Charlie. How are you feeling about the Miami Dolphins, you know, a, a few months, couple months in to the Mike McDaniel era? Check your post, man. I, I got to tell my co-host, Kadeem Simmons, all the time, check your post, bro. Like, you cannot not be excited. Here's the thing. Now, I don't think the reason you you don't hear, I think you said you don't hear, you you, you alluded to culture change, but you, it's not about the culture now. I believe the culture is set now. I believe we have that group now. Um, in my opinion, I believe Gase was the beginning of changing the culture. That's why the players didn't like him. Like, you don't want to get like disturbed in your peace and Gates disturbed the peace. Flores cleaned it up and now Mike McDaniel is going to uh, get all the credit, right? So now you have a coach in the locker room that's likable that you want to play for. Yeah, you could you could want to play for a coach that's like go get him aggressive type of coach. You you want to play for that coach. But it's you cannot like you can't not like this coach, right? To me, I see him and Mike Gesicki being homies forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just see that, right? So, nah, man. Post check. I love the segment already. Like, listen. We here. We here. You feel me? But nah, man. I'm all for it. Literally checking his pulse on the show, folks. For the podcast listeners at home. Charlie was checking his pulse. We here, man. I'm I'm, I'm live and well kicking. Like, I'm I'm ready to go. Like, you, you can't. Sean McVay said this offense is going to be exciting, and he, he doesn't want to play against us. That's what Sean McVay said. Yeah, he's, it's a friend. Mike McDaniel's a friend. But reality is you have Sean McVay successful. Um, what is it, LaFleur in Green Bay? He's uh-huh. successful. Uh, who was the other one that was a part of that? A part of that? Uh, Shannon. Shanahan. Shanahan. Right? Mike Shanahan, Shanahan yeah. is the, is the tree. Shanahan, right? Like his dad is the tree, right? Mike Shanahan, well, Kyle Walsh Shanahan, Mick, right, right, right. Uh, um, for sure. So now you telling me we got the lemon? It's just gonna stop at Mike McDaniel? No, bro. We, man, I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to see what we get. I, I, will say, I will say, I will say, it would be very same old Dolphins for, for Mike McDaniel to end up being the lemon. I mean, we're on the same old Dolphin show, so we'll mention it just because we have to. But uh, yeah. brain, listen, you're the. You're you're the cynical one, yeah. so uh, 
Yeah. So, 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 so here's the thing. Us, talk to us about your, your pulse check here, Brain. How are you feeling? So I want to talk about my wife for a little bit. Oh, uh, my sorry, wife. Do need, do need, you need to go full screen? Do we need to go full screen, Aaron go, and Brain? You here? don't need to go. Whatever you want to do, buddy. Um, get the music going underneath? Yeah. So my wife doesn't know anything about football. She hates football. She despises football. Um, but, you know, and everything that she knows about it is what she hears me venting about. Um, so while she doesn't know, like, like I'm, I'm trying to explain to her what a first down is. That's, that's the, how elementary or, or preschool her football knowledge is. Um, but she said something to me the other day that I thought was just really profound, really wise. Cause I was talking about how excited I am for this season and you know, about how, what a great off season they're having. And she said to me, she said, wait a minute, they haven't even, ha- have they played a game yet? And, and I was like, well, no, it, it's the off season. And she's like, well, well, don't you do this every off season? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, well, yeah, because, and then it hit me. We don't win the reg win the regular season. We damn sure don't win in the playoffs in the postseason. So the only winning that we ever do in our lifetime is in the off season. And it got me thinking, like as excited because I'm genuinely excited and I like the off season that they're having. We've been down this road so many times. I can't help but think, like, like I, all of our emotions are into it. So we're blinded by our love for this team. So it takes somebody that doesn't give a damn about football and doesn't give a damn about the Dolphins to look at it objectively with no emotion and say, isn't this the same thing that it's always been? Like, what's the difference? Wow. Wow. Mrs. Brain coming in strong here. (laughs) (laughs) And so it just has me very leery. It just that that's all I'm going to say is that. And and so, like, look, Charlie is the the conductor of the, the Chris Greer train. Yes. And 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 Charlie said something on his last podcast or it was, uh, I think, a couple episodes ago where. Oh, is he putting on? Is he getting the hat? Got the, the conductor ready? hat. Oh, he's got the whistle. Oh, he's ready. got the whistle. Here we go. Choo choo. Oh, and he's oh, got the conductor is. hat. There it is. There it is. The conductor. He's got the- all aboard. <laughs> Listen, man. Hey, for everyone who wasn't on the Chris Greer train, bro, I understand. I get it with Dolphin fans. It's like Chris Greer been in the building for two decades. I get it. Listen, you ever had a job where you would do something different? Like, Listen, can I do it my way? And then they don't let you do it your way. And you watch other people fail, but you had input, but it wasn't your way. That's what Chris Greer is getting now. He has full control. Yes, he missed on some picks. When he shouldn't have missed on those picks, I agree. But if you look at everything this man has done, as far as the, the Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips and, and Jalen Waddle and, and, and Raekwon Davis, now he gets credit for those picks, but he also gets blamed for those picks, whether he it was he pushed the green button or not, right? Listen. I'm on the Chris Greer train. There's no way you could be, you could have a, a, a quarterback on his rookie deal, have the least amount of dead cap going into the offseason, and have your team in a position to have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, everything that you see, forget those picks. We we ready. I'm conducting the Chris Greer train, baby. That's it. Hey. All aboard. Well, here's the thing though. Um Yes, he deserves credit. He's having a good offseason. And he hit on those picks last year in the first round. And that's huge. Um, but ultimately, if this team is going to go anywhere, it's going to be reliant on not just those picks, but the picks that he made previously and the moves that he made previously. And I've said from the get-go when it came to Chris Greer, my question on him has been talent eval. It hasn't been about contract structure because he's done a, a very good job, a, an outstanding job of structuring contracts in a way 
where if the guy doesn't necessarily perform, we're not just destroyed by that contract. It's not an albatross. Um, But that said, he's also swung and missed a whole lot. And he's gone all in on this offseason. And this this was the plan was you've got the rookie deal. You've got to start winning on the rookie deal. I don't think his plan was to swing and miss on like Eric Flowers and Kyle Van Noy and Shaq Lawson uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the countless other guys that he's he spent free agent money on over the past couple of years. But he got out of those contracts because he structured them in a smart way. Well, now. He's put a lot of money in uh, and they've basically built themselves, I'd say a three-year window, but really it's like a two-year window where this is your roster. This is your roster because they don't really have much cap flexibility. So the guys that he's brought in, he's got to win with these guys. Um, And we're all excited about it, but he's got to win something first because there's there's a lot of people you know, even even the most ardent Chris Greer supporter, Charlie, uh, where would you rank the Dolphins right now in the AFC? <sighs> All right. I Before ranked- you say anything, go ahead. That reaction right there kind of says it all. <laughs> All right, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. The AFC is a gauntlet. There's no doubt about it. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers does not want to come to the AFC. A- a- he didn't. Like, oh, Denver. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing Patrick Mahomes in the AFC West for the rest of my career. So when you see a team like the Raiders make a move for Devontae Adams like that, I was on the show at Go Time Dolphins. Give us a follow. Shout, shout you guys out. Um, I didn't love the Devontae Adams move, but I understood it. Right. And that was prior to the Tyreek Hill move. And I said, if the Dolphins were to do a move like that, I wouldn't like it, but I'd be excited about it. So, yes, I do not like the the fact that we traded all our draft capital away while we're talking about we need depth now. But that's what you do. You can't have the best of both worlds. Right. So the Rams have said F them picks and have made it to two Super Bowls in the past four years or five years. Can't remember, really. And now it's like, well, would you rather have. A bite at the apple twice and then be, you know, irrelevant for three seasons, but you had two bites at the apple. Cause I'm gonna tell I'm gonna be honest with you, Brian. We haven't even seen what the apple looks like. You know what I'm saying? We haven't even smelt the apple to take a, at least a bite at it, right? So, so to, to go in now, and I'm gonna get to your, your question was where do I rank us? I do rank us in the top, top seven for sure. That means we're gonna make the playoffs, but if, if I were to sit here and say, all right, what's the power rankings of the AFC? I'm not going to say the Dolphins are a top three team in the AFC. No, but you got to make it to the dance at least. You got to get to the dance, bro. Brain, Brain, are you satisfied? No, I mean, I agree. I think that the Dolphins are somewhere between four and eight in the AFC. I think that's that's where they're at. The, the thing that gives me hope is that what happened this past year changed the whole game for me because last year the Cincinnati Bengals were I think by every pundit uh one of the four worst teams in the AFC certainly the worst team in their division nobody had the Bengals making the playoffs let alone being in the Super Bowl let alone being in position to win the Super Bowl so if the Bengals can get there with their roster, I believe now is Tua as good as Joe Burrow that I don't know, but I do believe that the Dolphins roster right now is better than the Bengals roster was last year. So do I think that the Bengals were a bit of a fluke? Yeah, I do. I, I think that, you know, to, to say like, Oh, we need to go, you know, follow the Bengals model. I think that would be fool's gold. But that said, uh, you know, it just goes to show you there's a little bit of randomness. So like Charlie said, if you can make the dance, then you're in the dance. You know, 
you you just got to make it there. And then, you know, I, I, I think that the majority, I, the truth is in the AFC right now, I think there's Buffalo and everybody else, because I, I want to say Kansas city, but I don't know what that offense looks like without Tyreek Hill. I know Patrick Mahomes is really good, but I don't know if the defense is good enough to make up for the fact that they lost Tyreek Hill. And so then you start comparing, well, the chart, well, they weren't a playoff team last year. The Raiders, I mean, are we, I mean, we're, we're on the same level as those teams. So I, I really think it's Buffalo and then the rest of the AFC. Let, let me, let me give you this uh, before we go to Josh. I, for my dollar, the Chargers are the best team in the NFL on paper. There's no way. We're not going to run out of Chargers roster, but everybody take a look at what the Chargers did this offseason. They're the number one team in the NFL um, for my dollar. It just so happens Buffalo would be second in the AFC uh, behind the Chargers. Then, <clears throat> excuse me, KC just off of coaching alone. Don't matter who you have on that team. You have Andy Reid. You're, you're good enough. So when you said you know, the Bengals gave you hope. I'm like, bro, the Niners did it with the worst, in my opinion, the worst quarterback in the league is Jimmy Garoppolo. And the Niners went from having the second pick, was it the first or second pick in the draft? And they won two games, I believe, to the Super Bowl. And the NFC Championship twice. You see what I'm saying? So you you made the NFC Championship twice with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you went to the Super Bowl, and you're a Jimmy Garoppolo pass away from winning the Super Bowl. If you hit Emmanuel Sanders, you win the Super Bowl, and it was here in Miami. We have Mike McDaniel now. Mike McDaniel, I'm sure, knows Tua can hit those passes. He, Mike McDaniel is going to set it up in a way where Tua just can't lose the game. If you're a pro tour or anti tour, there's no way someone can say, yeah, Tua's is not good enough to at least manage the game. Y- you can give him game manager, but you can't say he's worse than a game manager. You know what I'm saying? Well, the, the game manager, you know, has a it's got a connotation. It does. Game manager has the connotation that you don't have the physical tools and that you're not the most talented quarterback. And by that definition, you know, a lot of people would say that Tua would fit into, well, he's a game manager, but the other part of being a game manager is being a really heady quarterback. Um, And I don't know necessarily that we're there yet. I, I think that Tua has a gamer in him. I think he's got a little bit of that it factor that, that Ryan Tannehill didn't have where, you know, instinctually he he's doing the right things more than he's doing the wrong things, but he also makes some really head scratching decisions and some really risky plays because he's also got a little bit of a gunslinger mentality in him. And the gunslinger mentality doesn't work if you've got, you know, if you don't have the physical tools. So can Tua be Tua needs to be a game manager. Like, it, by that definition, game manager. Tom Brady was a game manager, but he's the right. greatest game manager yeah, exactly. of all time. So, exactly. but the, the difference is nobody's mistaking Tua for Tom Brady because there's a whole lot more that goes into it than just throwing an accurate pass. How to about your first read? Here's to here's the thing, read. and we could go we could go back and forth on this all day, right? And so here's what I here's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to kind of wrap us, and we're going to move to the next chapter because we could talk about literally talk about this all off season long, right? Basically, what we've got is 17 games for this team to prove who they are and to get their way into the playoffs. The AFC being what it is, the AFC playoffs is a total crapshoot. I mean, the way that the, the way that this conference is stacked at the top. It's a total crapshoot because if the Dolphins can make it into, let's say the Dolphins make it into the playoffs and they make it in a way where they can completely avoid Buffalo until perhaps the AFC title game, if they were to make it that far, I mean, then, you know, they're not having to go through the bills, right? So for me, it's 17 games. It's 17 games of regular season. And that's where we're going to see what this team is all about. 
and obviously we need we want to get into the playoffs. That's the goal, right? That's the expectation. If this doesn't, if this team doesn't make it into the playoffs, it, it the entire offseason has been a failure, right? I mean, granted, unless there's like catastrophic injury problems, right? But at the end of the day, it's about 17 games about this team getting into the playoffs. And then from there, let's see what happens. Obviously, we'd love to take the next step. We'd like to win our first playoff game since the Clinton administration, but that's, you know, we're, we're a long way there. We're a long way away. The first thing the Dolphins need to do is get to the playoffs, and they've got 17 games to prove that this, the vision that Chris Greer, the new vision that Chris Greer has for this team that he has shifted to this offseason, because I think only a fool would say that the team that is put together right now is the team that Chris Greer was putting together two years ago, right? Two years ago when Brian Flores was saying the guys that are here right now are going to be the guys that are going to succeed, that we're going to succeed with, or the guys that we're going to fail with. Well, we failed with a bunch of them, and so we were shipping some of them off, and now we're bringing in some other guys to supplement some of the younger talent, right? And so now we're now we're building the team, right? This is a different vision of the team that we're going to see in 2017, and we're going to see where they end up. Now, how are they going to continue to supplement? We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute. But first, we have a very important message from our sponsor. And for this one, I, I got I to move the microphone for just a second to show the people who are w- watching live on YouTube, Dolphins Talk YouTube channel, hit like, subscribe to the channel, turn on notifications. But I got to show everybody. I'm going to go full screen on this. I'm going to go full screen for myself right now so everybody can read my shirt here. For those who are listening in podcast form, I'm wearing a shirt from our sponsor, Manscaped, that says, we save balls. And it's a very important message from our friends at Manscaped because this spring, the start of this spring marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. And our sponsors, Manscaped, have partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. So I, I, I'm going to spare you the, 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 the innuendo and all of the talk about, you know, doing your spring cleaning and cleaning off your carpet and doing all the things and blah, 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 all the regular, all the manscaped stuff, right? You want to try the products. You've listened. You've thought about it. You've gone. Maybe this is the day. Is today the day I go to manscaped.com? Today is the day. Go to manscaped.com. Put in the promo code Dolphins Talk. You're going to save 20% off. You can get the lip balm. If you're not into the shaving things, you can get the the, the shampoo and conditioner, the body wash. Uh, they got a, a, a razor, the plow 2.0 for your face. There's a lot of great products out there. So go to manscaped.com. Put in the promo code Dolphins Talk. All one word. You're going to save 20% off of your order. And that money is going to go towards a portion of your purchase is going to go towards testicular cancer research and, and helping in men's health issues, which I think is a really great cause. And I mean, there are a lot of really great causes out there, but this is the one that our sponsor is, is attached to. And I think it's a really great one. And I think that I would ask all of you to support Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. And using the promo code Dolphins Talk to get 20% off. And your balls and the balls of millions of men around the world will thank you. Josh. Yeah, man. I knew a Manscaped breed was coming up. And when you said you was going full screen and you lift up your shirt, I was afraid for everybody, bro. <laughs> bro, I was like, this can't be good. I didn't say I was taking my pants off. Hey, man. I'm just saying. That same old Dolphins after dark. <laughs> that's yeah. that's on that's uh that's the tiktok exclusive this guy yeah that's what it says on the back of the shirt it says for after dark yeah <laughs> after so okay so charlie we we, I, we sort of tease this a little bit but you you're a little bit of a a, a little bit of a draft nick maybe maybe not like a super super draft nick but you you, you have pounded your chest 
And you've said that Touche 24, you, you've had some hits. Now, first uh, of all, for those of us, for, for listeners of the same old Dolphin show um, and the folks at DolphinsTalk.com who are unfamiliar, what is Touche's 24? So Touche's 24, clearly my name's Charlie Touche. Uh, I'm at Charlie Touche, but I'm at underscore Charlie Touche on Twitter. Uh, over on Go Time Dolphins, we have a segment. It's called Touche's 24. And before I tell you what Touche 24 is, let me tell you how it came about. I have three brothers. All of us are football heads. Uh, I have two sisters, and we always had this, like a small house. So the brothers had the, the, the biggest bedroom of the house because there's so many of us. And then my mom and dad had the smallest bedroom, and then my sister shared a bedroom. So when it was time for the new game system to come out, like a Sega, I was about to say Atari. Don't, don't at me. But you know what I'm saying? But Sega, when Sega came out and PlayStation 1 came out, shout out to Tecmo Bowl, dating myself. Let's but, go. You know what I'm saying? Super new, Bowl. Tecmo the, Super Bowl is where it was really at, but go ahead. So when a new system came out, we didn't have enough time in a day for everyone to actually play the game themselves. So my mom and dad were like, hey, it's too much arguing coming out of that room. Y'all need <laughs> to find a way where everyone can play for a couple hours, and that's it. I got friends. My brother got friends. This brother got friends. There's no way. So we had to figure out a way for everyone to play the game. Madden, basically. And this is how we did it. We decided every brother would own a team and will simulate the season. We don't play the actual games. We were all general managers of our respective team and we'll simulate it. That way you can't say, oh, I beat you because I have more playing time, right? Whoever built the best team built the best team. This is where it came from. I'm, I'm talking about I'm 10, 11, 12, 13, right? And even it was a point where salary cap wasn't even in the games yet. So I'm like, you know, I'm done until they put salary cap in the game. Then salary caps came. I'm like, hey, I'm back, right? So I just I just always had the, the mindset of a GM more than a coach, more than a player. I wanted to, to manage. I wanted to manage a team, build a team, right? So I'm talking about simulating 20 years. Let's see who can win the most championships. So two saves 24 is basically the, the eyes of a scout or a GM, general manager. And it's, it's picking the best prospects coming out of the draft before the draft happens. So no one can say, and we got receipts. No one can say, oh, this, you, you put this list together after they were already rookie of the year. Shout out to Jeremy Chen and, and uh, Antonio Gibson. That was from 2020, uh, 2020, right? Uh, that was my two shades 24. They were on uh, the two shades 24 in 2020. It's 24 prospects that I picked. In 2021, I had Javon Holland on there. Shout out Javon Holland. I had um, Brandon Ike. I was 2020. Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I mean, Asante Samuel Jr., right? These are all people who are under the radar. But I believe can be household names, right? So that's what Two Shades 24 is 24 prospects coming out in the draft that I believe could be household names, but they're under the radar. So you're not going to see like a, 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 a first round pick like that's getting talked about. And even Cam Jurgens right now. Cam Jurgens isn't a first round pick, but he's no longer under the radar because people are, are talking him up. So he was actually on the list. I had to take him off of this year's list. <laughs> so, so I bring it up and thank you for sharing that with us. But I, I bring it up because obviously with all of the moves that the Dolphins have made this offseason and, and the big Tyreek Hill being the biggest one, the most recent one, this is uh, it's kind of skewed the offseason for Dolphin fans because we've gotten used to the Dolphins having lots of picks, right? And looking ahead to 23, the Dolphins will have a lot of picks again in the draft. But this year, it's kind of like the Dolphins almost don't even have a pick until the fourth round because they like the pick that their first pick of the draft is, I think, a conditional third round pick. So it's the end of the, the third round. So my question for you is, is there a guy on the Touche's 24 that either would be around when the Dolphins pick at 102 or that you would advocate for the dolphins maybe packaging those first couple of those those late third round early fourth round picks maybe packaging a couple of those picks together for the dolphins to move up you know to earlier in the third round 
to go and grab? Is there somebody out there that you have that you think that you've got your eye on that you would love the Dolphins to either grab a 102 or be aggressive and go and get earlier in the third round? Shout out to same old Dolphin show, Josh Kasker, for having probably the best tweet of the year. B aggressive b e aggressive <laughs> bro when i seen that bro i literally laughed out loud right um but there's always somebody in the mid rounds that is going to set the world on fire that's going to get the big contract extension here's my thing dolphins we we mentioned it earlier you can never have enough dbs you can never have enough o line you can never have enough d line cuz there's this five of all of them Right. And then DBs, there's, there's five on the field at all times, nickel corner. And right now we, we, we lack at nickel corner. Justin Coleman just went to Seattle, I think. Uh, we have Jones on one side, X on the other side. Nick Needham, very, very much improved. But is that who you want starting at your nickel? It's fair. He, he's, he's came a long way. He's starting at nickel right now. Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska is a corner. He's predominantly on the outside. But if you start thinking about these contracts that we have to start paying now, Tyreek Hill is going to make $30 million. Xavier Howard just got a raise. Byron Jones restructured. Are we going to re-sign Mike, Mike Kosicki, which I hope we do. Um, Teron Armstead, we have money we're forking out now. If you start thinking about the future, you're going to say, all right, we still need more corners. X goes down. All that money is out of there. Byron Jones goes down. Who is replacing Byron Jones or Xavier Howard? It is not going to be Noah Igbenogany, unfortunately. It's not. So Cam Taylor Britt is someone who's going to go around the third round. He will be there around the third round. And that's when you start, you start, you get the itch. Like, hey, are we just going to sit here? So you could put him on the island, not the island. You can put him on the outside, but I'm gonna give you a nickel corner. <clears throat> I'm really, I'm really giving you this. Shout out to Kadeem Simmons, my co-host, because he really, like, no, no, don't tell everybody yet, right? Because <laughs> the Two Shades Twenty Four episode is coming, so everybody listening, you know, we're spoiler gonna have alert. Episode. Sorry, Kadeem. <laughs> we're gonna have a, a episode coming up. It's it's the whole Two Shades Twenty Four list. It's twenty four prospects coming out in the draft. It's coming soon. Probably the top of next week, we're going to have the episode. But this player, for my dollar, is the most underrated player in the draft. And probably, the you know how everybody says, oh, he's, he got to be a dog, right? Dog. Everybody wants a dog. If you remember the uh, coach from um, Coastal Carolina, we don't want no cats. You know, I don't know if you remember that rant, right? So this guy is a dog. Here's the thing. And this is why he's in the third round. He'll go around the third round. He's only 5'8". He's a smaller Mm. guy. He's a corner. His name is Marcus Jones from Houston. He's 5'8". The man is a returner, a slot corner, and he's a – he could play receiver, right? So if if I'm going to – my comp for Marcus Jones, Brent Grimes. Y'all remember Brent Grimes? Everyone remembers Brent Grimes, the one-handed, you know what I'm saying? Everybody remembers that. Marcus Jones, for my dollar, is my favorite player coming out of this draft. He's not going to go in the first round. He's not going to go in the second round. Everybody's going to look at his size and say, I don't know, he's undersized. All right. Asante Samuel Jr., shout out to Asante Samuel Jr. He was on my list last year. Look what he's doing. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it. So you so you think the Dolphins are going to be looking to go secondary in the draft, which means that they're still going to have that hole at linebacker brain. Are the Dolphins, are they going to go free agents, the free agents route at linebacker? Well, I think that they've, they, I, not that they've filled the need, but they have enough bodies there that they don't necessarily have to be desperate. And like, we don't have a pick until the third round. Right. Third round picks are not shoe-ins. Right. The You're Dolphins can build the roster and, with that and, third round pick. Yeah. Well, and you need it's not like the Dolphins just have one need and it's linebacker. Like that that's like you're you're not drafting for one year. You're drafting projecting out further 
And so that's why the, you know, I love the idea of bringing, I've been banging the table for weeks about how the Dolphins really need to get a corner. And that was before they restructured Byron Jones and X. But I still think they need to get a corner because they're an injury away, an injury away from relying on Noah Igbenogany right now. Um, but you have to get, you just have to take the best player available. No matter what the position. Like, I don't care if it's, like, you, you tell me the position where if that player is a stud, the Dolphins don't need him. Certainly not on the offensive line. Running back, use a running back. Wide receiver, always use a wide receiver. Uh, I mean, quarterback, I would say, would be the one thing that you wouldn't go after. But obviously, if the quarterback was a stud, you wouldn't be mad about that. Because worst case scenario, even if Tua is great, you trade the quarterback for a couple of first-round picks. Um, Defensive line, we sat here for 10 minutes talking about how you can't have enough defensive linemen. Obviously, linebacker is the one glaring need. You can't have enough. We, we're talking about corners. You can't have enough corners. I guess safety, maybe safety. But Eric Rowe is coming into a contract year. Um, so we right now, Trill Williams is kind of our backup plan at, you know, the Eric Rowe position of safety. Don't so sleep on Trill Williams. Don't, yeah, don't well, sleep. yeah. I, I And Go I, I actually think that. Eric Rowe, there's a chance that he he's on the roster bubble based on the way Trill Williams plays. Um, but that said, you know, if, if the best player available was a safety, I wouldn't be mad about it. Like, take the best player available. It's that that's the position that you're in. You're not in like you, you've only got a, a few picks. Get players that have a legitimate shot at making the roster that are going to be something. Doesn't matter what the position is. So. I like that we're talking about cornerbacks here in the draft because that leads me to this kind of last topic that I want to talk about today because on the last episode of Go Time Dolphins, which I listened to over the weekend, I was driving out. I'm, uh, I was out actually looking for a tie. buying a, new, a tie. Very good friend of mine's getting married. Um, my wife just got a new dress. So I was like, I got to get a new tie. I got to match the dress, right? So I'm out driving around, listening to Go Time Dolphins in the car. And Charlie Touche does a monologue talking about how he doesn't really like Xavier Howard. Now, the context is important, and the context, how Xavier Howard came up was kind of, there was a conversation about Tyreek Hill and his off-field stuff, which we talked about in the last episode, so we're not going to delve into that, but it, it was brought up that Xavier Howard had, had done with stuff like that, and it was talking about these players as people, and that that's not really what... It, what we're going to talk about it was a conversation about how it sounded like charlie you would not be upset if xavian howard if the dolphins had moved on from xavian howard this offseason you wouldn't have been mad about it here's my thing oh i'm i'm, I'm on the side of, of forgiveness anyway I, I you know again yeah, i hear that, that. I was, I hear it, was that. All, it was out of context right so it's not his off off the field issue isn't my thing here's my thing I'm just building the team here. Devontae Parker went off in a year we, we, we went we, when the Dolphins were supposed to have the worst team in, in the history of football. That's when Devontae Parker went off with the gunslinger that is Brian Fitzmagic, right? That is when we were supposed to trade Devontae Parker. That is when the whole league said, oh, look at his size. He's dependable now. And look what he just did with, with Fitz. Let's just give him Aaron Rodgers. I bet you he could do something. That's when you're supposed to get a two for De- Devontae Parker. We didn't do it. That's cool. There's, there's a, a, a Facebook Dolphin group that I, I mentioned so many times, like, hey, we need to trade Devontae Parker. It had like 300 comments, and everybody came at my dome. He just went off. Why are we getting rid of him? I, I'm not even going to lie. I'm petty like that. I had to go back, and, and, and I put the cricket emoji. No one's saying nothing now, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so my thing with Xavier Howard is it's the max, the max return. It was the, the maximizer return. He just went off. Those knees are time bombs. I'm trying to play beat the bomb. You paid this man when he's regressing. Yes, he's the best he's ever been, but no one can sustain his success right now. So if there was a way to get younger and pay less 
and still have the sustainability of a quality corner, we needed to do that. I.e., J.C. Jackson, he gets paid less than X now, and he's younger than X, and for my dollar, he's better than X. So if you move on, go get J.C. Jackson, and then trade an X for picks, this, this is a whole new ballgame. You didn't skip a beat. So that's that's what I'm saying, but no, nah, I mean, hey, there's multiple, there's, here's something else you're going to hear on Go Time Dolphins. There's multiple directions you can take to get to the desired address. When you go on your map quest, and it says you hit go on your maps. You know what I'm saying? It's going to give you multiple routes to get to wait, where you want to go. Wait, you still using MapQuest? <laughs> nah, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> yeah, man, I had to switch it up. You ain't had to put me out like that. Yeah, I had to switch it up. So yeah, when you put your map, when you put your destination in, it, it gives you multiple routes you can take. This is the route Chris Gray decided to go to. Like I said, man, I'm conducting the train. I don't have to agree with everything he, he does, but it is what it is. Whether you avoid tolls or you like Chris Greer and you just pay the tolls, <laughs> it, you're going to get there. Well, hopefully we're going to get there unless the wheels fall off, which wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up then with the official with the official pulse check uh, uh, on the show, the official Miami Dolphins pulse check moment. And we'll ask everybody that's live in the chat on YouTube to, to chime in as well on the pulse check. One word. I start with you, Charlie, as a guest on the show. What is one word to describe how you feel about the Miami Dolphins right now? One word. You know how we on the podcast and I have to like get put on the spot. I'm pretty sure I could come up with a pretty good word, but now that I'm on it right now, I'm going to say I'm enamored right now. Ooh, I like that. Enamored is a good word. I'm into it. So you're feeling real good about them. You're just enamored. You're loving everything that they're doing right now. I, I do. I like it. Brain, it's been a week since you last gave us a word. Do you have a word to describe how you're feeling about the, the Dolphins right now? I do. And I, I love that Charlie chose the word enamored because it conjures up, you know, the idea of being caught up in emotion. Mm, yeah. And and a week ago, I was caught up in the emotion when I was excited. And now I've had a week to think about it. And while I'm still, you know, look, it's hard to get all the feelings in in one word. But if I had to choose one word right now, I'm leery. <laughs> leery, really? I'm leery. See, that's leaning towards the traditional Aaron the Brain thing. That you're well, yeah, with. they took me off guard. Like, I, I was very excited. I was caught up in my emotions. And as my, emo you know, your emotions are fleeting. So you, you, time goes by and your logic starts to settle in and you just kind of take a look at the big picture. And sometimes you need your wife to just look at you and say, well, isn't this what you do every year? And so... That really put it in perspective for me. So, mm. Leary. Leary is good. Leary Leary is good. Uh, well, so if I had to see, see how I really feel is two words, but that's not how this works. So I have to come up with one word. And so what I will say that my word is for the Miami Dolphins right now, how I feel, it's trepidatious <laughs> because because I am cautiously optimistic but you know I am feeling good but I'm trepidatious I'm just kind of I'm what I'm I'm leaning forward right I'm I'm watching but I'm like that I'm like it's like I'm at the zoo right I'm kind of leaning over the railing and that, that lion's feeling a little frisky down there. So I'm, I'm trepidatious. Leaning forward. Let's see what happens. I'm excited. All kinds of good things could happen. But I also know that all kinds of bad things could happen too because hashtag Sam Dolphins. But at the end of the day, the second word in cautiously optimistic remains optimistic. So we're in a good place. We're in a good place. And I think that is going to be a pretty good spot 
to wrap up this episode of the same old dolphin. So Charlie, we are uh, so grateful for, that you came on and did this episode of the show with us. Thank you so much. Uh, tell the people where they can find you, follow you, check out your content, all that stuff. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Uh, me and Kadeem Simmons over at go time dolphins. Uh, when we, when we started our podcast, we're beginning our third season now. When we started our podcast, it was just for the Dolphins. It was just so we talked so much about the Dolphins to each other. We're like, we might as well start recording this stuff. And we didn't know we would make friends in the podcast world along the way. So to come across you guys, we we just enjoy the, the relationship that we built. Um, I'm Charlie Touche at Charlie Touche or at underscore Charlie Touche on Twitter. But uh, the podcast is Go Time Dolphins. So follow us at Go Time Dolphins, and uh, you get some exclusive content over there, some pretty good stuff. Excellent. Uh, Aaron, where can the people find you? can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And I am, of course, at Amplify the Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. You can download, rate, review, and subscribe to every episode of the Same Old Dolphins show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that podcasts are found, including dolphinstalk.com so make sure that you are visiting dolphinstalk.com each and every day it's your one-stop shop for all things miami dolphins and uh the last thing i'm going to say a little easter egg that i'm gonna throw in because you know some people know this charlie is a, is a music guy you wrote the theme song for go time dolphins right I did. i'm just gonna I did. i'm just gonna tell you i'm an insane person so i listen to podcasts at uh like one and a half or one and three quarter speed right i listen to it fast <laughs> And let me tell you, the theme for Go Time Dolphins, when you play that at like one and a half speed, one and three quarter speed, I'm not saying that you need to do a remix and bump up the tempo a little bit, but I'm saying, you know, not in my head, driving around, tie shopping. I'm just saying. <laughs> Bro, I appreciate that, but that's really because you're from South Florida. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's because it's the South Florida vibe. You know, everybody's not on it, but yeah, man, that's the the chipmunk remix remix. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right, <laughs> that's gonna close this out. So thank you again to everybody for joining us. We will be back in your ears and your eyes sometime soon. So keep an eye out on dolphinstalk.com um, for the next episode of the same old dolphin show. But until then, take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphin!